So welcome to our giant collaboration of The Awakening and Mind Wars. I'm Roy Collin, and you'll find all episodes on awakeningpodcast.org. And we'll also have the link on Linktree with all our social media. We're on BitChute and YouTube. And you'll find Chris on mindwars.uk. And we'll also have the link for his BitChute and his YouTube and all other social media. Hi, Chris. How are you going? Hi, Ryan. How are you doing right today? You good? Uh, all well. Yeah, positive as always. Of course, of course. In these very, very negative times. Of course, we're not going to talk about more negative stuff today. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have to get a bit more negativity out um, because it is people need to know this information to realize what kind of a war they're actually in and what criminality is going on um, behind the scenes and more in a daily basis, evident in our face. So we're just going to do a quick episode to highlight a few points to people, a few dot connections and a few other things that will stir people's memory a small bit. Exactly. Because uh, a lot of the time people are told, listen, wear your mask and in two weeks, everything will be back to normal but grand. That was in March, I believe. So mm. it's time you kind of, if you're on the fence or you think, uh, you know, there's some conspiracy terrorists out there and you don't think that this fact, Chris, you've got some nice information for us today. <laughs> Yes, where should we start? Um, we can start actually with um, Bill Gates, of course, um, the notorious Bill Gates. Um, it's interesting why I'm bringing his name up, of course, this week is because just in the last 24 hours or so or 48 hours, it's been um, he's having a meeting at a round table with none other than the Prime Minister of England, Boris Johnson. And Boris, of course, invited him over to have a, a meeting on um, how he was going to roll out the vaccine plan. So you're getting Bill Gates over to how you, how you roll out the vaccine plan. Bill Gates, a massive eugenicist. Um, so he's going to come over and going to see what he'll actually help the UK with and advise um, Boris Johnson on the population of about 65 million people plus. Um, but what's interesting is, is that um, the people that are beside Boris Johnson um, are the likes of SAGE. Um, so SAGE are the scientific advisory group on emergencies. And they're, you know, they're guided by the sciences, as Boris and all of them are saying inside. And the SAGE committee, one guy in particular um, got my attention that's involved in that board is a guy called um, Jeremy Farrer. He's a UK guy. But Jeremy Farrer is not just on that SAGE group itself. Jeremy has many links, of course. Jeremy is a director of the Wellcome Trust. And for people who never heard of the Wellcome Trust, the Wellcome Trust are a huge, I mean, huge um, organization. I won't go into all their details, but for want of a better way to describe them, they're like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for helping people, in quotes. Um, they're around a lot longer than the Gates Foundation. They're not as, um, as heavily funded as the Gates Foundation, but they're very, very intertwined with Bill Gates and they know each other very well. They go back um, quite a long way. So on top of that as well is Jeremy Farrer is, if we go back to September uh, last year, Jeremy Farrer was actually on the board of the GPMB, which stands for the Global Preparedness Monitoring Board. So the GPMB basically are, they're like a, a group that is acting independently. But actually, if you look into them, they're actually owned by the World Health Organization and the World Bank. So the report, they do an annual report every year, and it's, it's convenient that last September, before any of this so-called pandemic, pandemic, whatever you want to word it, came out, Jeremy Farrer was on the board with none other than Anthony Fauci, he's on the very same board as GPMB, and also as a guy called Dr. Chris Ellis, or Eilis, E-L-I-A-S, which is like Bill Gates' right-hand man. So you have all these people congregating on this board, and of course, Jeremy Farrer, being with the Welcome Trust, as I mentioned, also being uh, with SAGE. Um, being on this board itself, um, if you look at the actual 
the front heading on the leaflet that they brought out under annual report was called a report was a world at risk. So what a convenient name to have on the front of it. And on, on the front cover itself, it actually showed a coronavirus, many of them going around the place circulating. And it also showed people walking around with masks in them. It's quite convenient. It's like something they, they knew was planned or something was going to happen. So you can see where all the dots are connecting in there as well. These are the people, you know, Bill Gates is coming over this week to not just get a round table at Boris, it's going to be other people as well involved. And we know from um, England itself, the, you know, the politicians are consistently saying we're guided by the science. You have the likes of uh, the chief medical officer here in uh, the UK, uh, Chris Whitty, which he has received $40 million. Uh, um, from a, a research project, of course, none other than Bill Gates had funded this. So that's the medical officer here in England. You've another guy called, um, he's Sir Patrick Valance, which is the main scientific advisor to Boris and the, the SAGE and all these people congregating together. And of course, Sir Patrick Valance, um, his previous occupation was, a, he was a massive executive um, with the GlaxoSmith & Klein. Um, of course, he was heavily involved in that. And GlaxoSmith and Klein itself have huge business ties with uh, Bill Gates going well back into the past. So what's also interesting about Sir Patrick Valance is that he still to this day, as we're speaking now, has £600,000 worth of shares still uh, with GlaxoSmith and Klein. So you can see where I'm kind of connecting all the dots here for people, how they're all connected in, in, in a sense that we're so-called guided by the science when really these people never want these lockdowns to end, never want freedoms to come back to normality. Um, they don't want anybody to be using the likes of vitamin D or zinc or be it hydroxychloroquine, any normal way that you might be a herbs and normal to boost your immune system. These people are all a massive web of these people are all connected and want everybody to stay in fear as long as possible. So they can, because they're vested interests, like any um, people that invest in a business, they want a return on their investment. And that's what they want going forward. So they are 110% invested in these vaccines being rolled out as quickly as possible so they can get their return on investment. And then they'll, people can, you know, so-called return to, to life as it was, which we know is not going to happen anytime soon by these kind of And you, you mentioned about Glaxo, Smith Klein. Um, I remember reading about them. It was actually uh, in The Guardian. I think it was 3.6 billion they were fined for kickbacks. So like... They're not an honest ethical company. None of them are, obviously, but no, I mean, they've no. even been proven. So if you, you can even find that online with uh, Glaxico. So all these people are working together and they're all corrupt. Exactly. There's, uh, corrupt is probably an understatement for these kind of um, animals that are literally out there. And uh, they've, they've no humanity whatsoever. They couldn't give a shit about me, my health, your health, anybody else's health. Um, it's all about um, uh, profit over health. Really, really, what 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 yeah. it comes down to, Customer and the control life is what exactly. they want. Exactly, a control mechanism. These people make their money off the sicknesses, so they're not going to come out with any magical cure all of a sudden anytime soon. Um, and it's it's sad the way that is, but I mean, it's important that people know that dot connection as to what is going on. And if people are still under this illusion at this stage, um, in any country, that you know, we just give it a few more weeks, another month, another two months, we we'll wear the mask, we stay doing our social distance, and then maybe by Christmas or maybe a little into the new year, we can all return to normal again. But we, me and you, know that's not happening anytime soon. And, and I don't know, do you remember at one stage they were saying we just need one injection and it'll be all sorted, and now it's kind of like two a year, so it's kind exactly. of like similar to the flu. And I mean, anyone I know. Like my mother got extremely ill with the flu injection and also a friend here in Poland, you know, a young guy, 27, got extremely ill. And I know, you know, a lot of people get ill from the flu injection and they will never get it again. 
So mm. that's got a 40% success rate. They're telling us that this has got a 90% success rate after, what is it, seven months of development yeah. and they have 70 or 90 years with the, the flu. So if you just put that together, like you know that it's in, impossible. Of course, common sense um, is what's obviously is lost um, in these past couple of months. My, people's brain just seems to freeze um, all of a sudden and people can't uh, critically think for themselves anymore. But people really need to start critically thinking and open up their mind again and uh, moving forward and doing their own research into all this because um, these people, as I say, don't want it to end anytime soon. It's the same with what's an interesting part just on the vaccine itself was um, at the 8th of October, um, just gone here in the UK, they announced that no longer are they going to give, you know, the flu um, statistics and the COVID-19 statistics separate, they're actually going to merge them together now, coming into a winter season. How convenient. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and we spoke about COVID-19 and how it still has to be proven to exist in our our last show last week. I mean, so we won't go down that rabbit hole again for now. But I mean, yes, they're going to merge them together now so that nobody knows what's what. And all of a sudden, in many countries, if you look at the graph now, the flu has completely lost. It's completely just dipped off, never to be seen compared to any other year. It's rising, rising, rising at this time of year. But this year, apparently, it's just, wow, it's hardly, to, it's hardly to be seen in anybody's graph at the moment. So that, that's convenient, of course. <laughs> exactly. Mm. And I suppose some people are thinking that it's all going to be uh, tickety-boo. We're all going to be, you know, back to normal. But speaking of tickety-boo tickets, uh, I know there's something <laughs> with a ticket master, is it? Oh, there is. There is. And this is only um, coming out in the last, this week, maybe the last 48 hours or so as well. So... Take a mask. Like what I've been saying, you've been saying many in past interviews with people um, is that they don't want anything to go back to normal anytime soon. Everything is going to be done via digitally. So, you know, it's like an Operation Moonshot. We spoke about that as well in other episodes. And it's all tied into basically digital access to the world. So without your digital passport, without you basically getting vaccinated, without you getting tests, so on and so on, that you won't be allowed to go to a football um, stadium. You will not be allowed maybe travel to an airport. You will not be allowed to go to a live venue. You know, things people actually like that will go back and get them healthy and well and get them upbeat again, get their immune system, their positivity going again. So Ticketmaster come out this week um, with a statement and I have a few little clips on here that I'll read out a few bullet points on it. I'll leave description for people below any links or stuff we talk about. We'll leave as many links as we can below. And they actually say that Ticketmaster has advanced their plans for screening fans before they attend events, which will rely on the Ticketmaster digital t- uh, ticket app. Once a fan receives a COVID-19 vaccine or tests negative for the disease within the 24 to 72 hour window, a health pass company will deliver that information to Ticketmaster allowing entry to the event. It's nice of a health company with all your details. You, you can be sure to be known in various ways there with Ticketmaster involving himself and God knows where your data will actually go. And a final bullet point I'm making that is Ticketmaster also plans to utilize a smart event system. There's that word smart again, which helps organizers and fans maintain social distancing at shows. Event organizers will be allowed the ability to set their own prevention protocols such as sanitation, mask compliance, and social distancing and it's about three or four times the length of why i just wrote out there it, the whole article itself people can go and um, can go read the whole article but quite interesting um what Ticketmaster come out with this week alone yeah so people are thinking you go away you get these uh, toxic uh, injections and life returns to normal that doesn't sound like that's going to happen does it no in other words they're kind of saying to you um you get your vaccine um you're all good um you test negative with all the tests so on and so on afterwards as well and but then once you actually go to turn up at the O2 arena or wherever it's going to be, 
that you'll have to some sort of digital ticket app, which will be via digital health passport in time. It'll all, it'll all merge together into one. So it'll show that um, even if you do get access into the venue inside, that they're leaving it to organizers and Ticketmaster are promoting this as well and to encourage these organizers of the event to lay out their own rules, as in you can still apply that people will still be asked to social distance and be mass compliance. So what have we achieved anything? You've got your vaccinations, you've got all this, but where is anything returning to normal as soon as you access your, your, your venue inside? I mean, how, how kind, what kind of a gig is that? We know from going to gigs and festivals around the world that people are pushing off each other, bumping off each other. People, the energy is flowing nicely. And if you're kind of trying to watch, like, oh, sorry, mate, can you stay back two meters away from me? I mean, what kind of an experience is that for anybody? No, it is, it is unbelievable. And, and I, like you were talking earlier about the science and everything, they seem to be ignoring the real scientists and, you know, the, the likes of Dolores Cahill and Ivor Cummins and all these people that are actually putting the real figures out there. They're just, it, that doesn't mean nothing. And, you yeah. know, it's kind of, it's frustrating to see where you've got, you know, professionals that are proving that everything is a lie and yet nothing is done about it. And I'm seeing, like, because, I mean, we're obviously watching the Irish government. We see what's going on there. You know, there's so much mishaps, and they all stick together. So, you know, you expect change. And I've seen a post recently where someone was saying, and it applies all around the world, you know, like when the politician does something wrong, the bankers do something wrong, you know, the judges do something wrong, there's nothing done to them. And who's paying for all this money? And then they have, you know, all these court cases to try to deal with it. It's the public is paying for it and nothing is ever done. And, you know, we have to have a change from what's, what's going on there. Hmm. Of course, uh, 100% right in, in what you're saying. And you've been through endless amounts of court cases yourself to, you know, uh, to justify exactly what you're saying, not just from reading on papers or articles and doing our own massive rounds of research that both of us do. So you've had to witness that many, many occasions uh, firsthand yourself. And it's, it's consistently going on. It's like, it's like we go back to 2008, right? We can go back before that again, but all the crises and, you know, things that happen to the country and all that, who pays it back at the end of the day? We bail out the bankers, we bail out the, the white collar criminals time and time again, while our taxes go up and everything else goes up around us. And we people have left with little to no jobs around the place, their houses get taken off them. And where the, the pauper again is, is, is bailing out the big shot. <laughs> it never seems to change. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I think 2008 was kind of a big land grab and kind of spread across Europe after. I think this is going to be bigger because, you know, like everything they're saying, oh, you can't open the restaurants in Poland, you can't do this. The courts are open, you know, and the, the, the city officials are open where they're chasing their property tax, they're chasing all the bills, they're coming after people, you know. So how come they're allowed to operate if everything else is classed as non-essential to me it's the other way around why would you have court cases and stuff like that that's not essential to me you know mm-hmm. essential is where, where you need service the whole lot is a joke anyway i mean yeah. you know it should be shut down but and you're talking about the court cases i mean i've had over a hundred and in poland it's kind of different because you're just there just the two of you you know each side the defendant and the plaintiff uh, but in ireland i witnessed you know hundreds of court cases and i like you can hear by listening to it that the people were innocent and all the time it was the judge was ruling in favor of the banks. And it was sad to see. And I mean, you probably witnessed it, the amount of homelessness that's going on in Ireland mm. and people being thrown out and just, they've, you know, they're taking their dignity away from them and it's going on all around the world for who, you know, the select few. And like a lot of people think that their country owns the bank. You know, you want to look at the rock, the rock Giles and the Rockefellers and who owns your bank? You know, the yeah. bank isn't owned by your country. And if you think I'm wrong, just do a search on that. That might actually wake you up because at the end of the day, it's all about the money controlling everything. 
and they have that. So, you know, we, we can't beat them by money. We can't set up a system that's money-based. And sometimes people are setting up something, but they put an IPO on it. So all they have to do is press their printing press and buy shares in it, and then they control it. They have a majority shareholding, and they just kick out the, the founders. So if somebody's created something decent, so I think that if you are, you know, creating something to fight the system, don't put it on the market, you know, and just have a be surrounded by the proper board members that are ethical. Yeah, which are hard to find. <laughs> I'm sure well, there's a few out there. <laughs> well, like I said, this whole thing, the courts and all the systems and all that, I mean, they're set up to that, they're, you know, me or you are not going to win against these people. They're set up for uh, for, for profit all the time. They're, they're a massive, massive corporation is what they are to make, to, to dish out as much money as possible, not to dish it out, but to dish it into their own pockets. Uh, and that's why it's been there. You, you've heard countless times, like yourself and others as well, they've been fighting the system, genuine cases, and you know 100% fact for fact, just you laid it down straight away, I should win this, no problem at all. And you're bemused, even your solicitors are bemused afterwards like as to how you could have lost such a, maybe a simple straightforward case going forward and you've lost it on the most nefarious of a loophole or some, it was something was worded differently like that. And you, you know, you have tens of thousands gone into the euros or pounds gone into these cases and all of a sudden just swooped out with you overnight. So they'll, they'll keep drowning you out until basically you're like a pauper again on the, on the street kind of, so you can't afford to fight them. And that's why often, as you know, more than anybody at times that this, this is why these cases are so hard and, and why it turns people off to fight the system at times because they're so bloody expensive and the average Joe on the street can't afford to, to fight against these systems and they know that and they're set up in that way that you're not to come against us but if you do you've got big big money to put in front of you to come against us and we're going to take it nine times out of ten anyhow yeah and like the, the other thing is I mean if, if I had a case against you and we have all our information in front of us why a judge cannot resolve everything within one one court case, but even within a month. Mm. I have had cases drag out for two and three years and they basically wear you down. And one, once you run out of money, you can't have the legal side behind you. And then they, it's, it's, it's just about wearing you down. Because like, no matter who you're fighting, you're either fighting the city usually or the banks and they just wear you down. And then they just come after everything. You know, they, they just they charge you for the cost of the court. So, and they're doing that, like there's millions of people going through that process and, you know, it's, it's, it's sick. But as you said, these guys, they're soulless, you know, they don't have a heart. They're all connected. You know, you're on about the dot connectors, Bill Gates, you know, he seems to be at the top of the pile at the moment. They all are. And they're all acting like as if, you know, they're, they're acting independently, but they're not. If you, if you go and really do paper trails, money trails, dot connections, like we, we've been doing and all that, it's just, you'll, you'll, you'll find it leads back to the small few people time and time again, all the time. And most people are surprised by this, um, that if they don't see the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, they think, oh, separate, nothing got to do with Bill Gates or any of those. I could go through umpteen organizations and bigger dot connections where, where Bill Gates and where all his ties and his web just goes spirals out of control time and time again and they're all massively connected in the least places the average human being would actually think they're connected he seems to have his blueprint everywhere um, across him uh, more so now than ever but he's, it's been in the making for, for decades but uh, now more so than ever so it's interesting times ahead and but people need to be definitely aware of this kind of stuff to to think that we're not getting back to normal anytime soon with the likes of these people but we have to, as the people have to take um take the power back as simple as that because if we don't as you see these people i've mentioned um uh, chief witty and uh, patrick Vlance and gates and uh, jeremy farrer from the stage all these and boris and all that i mean boris is just a script reader like he's just basically going what this group is in the background of course all infiltrated by bill gates i mean we, we can go back before that with um what's the guy that that wonderful uh 
Neil Ferguson, of course, um, that basically set all this lockdown off here in England and a lot of places worldwide as well, um, saying, you know, that up to 500,000 people are going to die in the UK, 2.2 million people are going to die in America, so on and so on. I mean, obviously, we never even nearly got near any of that. He's all his projection models for the past couple of decades. You can go through any of his projection models. Be, uh, all the stuff he's done in the past has been time and time again. It's com- been completely out of loop. Uh, he's next to useless this kind of guy but people might say well why are they still getting him in well it kind of works in a funny way with these people is he's next to useless but they want somebody like him in power because what not in power but in a position to do these projection models so because the models they give are so out of this world that could never actually materialize into something real and then of course that will justify the lockdown it'll justify the justification bars coming out on the platform and saying here this is what the, the projection is. And it's all based on a fear projection again. Um, that's, that's all it is basically. And we see time and time again, of course, who, who, was, who was Neil Ferguson? Um, massively friends and massively funded by is Bill Gates again, of course. And who is um, the Imperial College of London, which Neil Ferguson is massively intertwined with as well. The, the Imperial College of London has been heavily, heavily funded by Bill Gates again. So, I mean, all these, just a couple of people have, have nimped off over the last 20 minutes. So they're all, all interconnected. So do you think these people want anything to go back to normal anytime soon? We go back to the vested interests and how to try and, you know, trying to take down these kind of people, but they're all vested with each other and they're all crawling out with the, sa- the same bed um, every morning, but they're acting like they're acting independently on the front of people to kind of give that illusion to people that oh, we're all separate people and separate identities and going about our business but if you actually go back into things and the web and all that you'll find that they all um they all connect massively exactly and you know we, we always like to try to end on a happy note and some solutions and positive i i think there was something nice happened in italy lately yeah yeah there was all right um as i say we're struggling for positive um, stuff to come out at the moment it seems to be all doom and gloom um but as far as positivity goes um i think it was geneva in the last couple of days in italy where um those thousands of people protesting um they're getting it quite hard over in in italy with the lockdowns and all that as well so you had thousands of people coming to the streets protesting um over this and, and rightly so because they're they're being enslaved and their freedoms are being taken away from overnight and for no justification um so the riot police are out and you can see i'll leave a clip on it but the, the riot police basically are there nobody was attacking anybody and the riot police just backed off into a corner and they actually stood which is very nice to see they stood with the people and they took off all their their helmets and their their body armor around their head and they stood um uh, shoulder to shoulder with the people so it was nice to see that because the police uh, we give them a hard time a lot of time and some of the time it's, it's rightly justified but at times these people are held in these positions and they know what's being enforced upon them, what they're trying to enforce upon the will of the people, uh, they're kind of copying a rock and a hard place. I'm not trying to stand up for them by any means, but um, they know this, a lot of this is a scam as well. And in, that was one instance alone where they just showed, look, would you think for, for any reason that they would take off their, their, um, their right gear, their headgear to take it off and stand with the people if they felt that, no, this is justification, what we're supposed to do. They'd be out hitting them over the head of battens, you know, but, but they haven't. They said that, to see what's wrong. And at the end of the day, when they take off their uniform, they have a family to go home to, just like me, you, and anybody else. So it's, they have their power while they're in, in the so-called power while they're in the suit. And the only reason they have that power, of course, is because the, the people so easily give it to them. Um, and people are under this illusion that they're very powerful authorities. They're only powerful. It's like fascism. How does fascism grow? Fascism can, can only grow, um, not by a small few, but by the, by the large population basically going along with this um, in fear, given the illusion. That's, that's all it, it is over time. But um, I think on another positive note that we will break this tyranny, there's loads of buzzwords we can use in it, but this tyranny that's been um, global fascism that's been rolled out worldwide, the tide is turning. 
Um, and we need more and more people to come forward as well. There's just as the last episode we mentioned, there's whistleblowers. There's, there's uh, police around the world. There's police we mentioned in Australia. There's loads of people um, coming, solicitors, doctors, nurses. It's endless at this stage now that are coming out and saying enough is enough. We're not taking this. Loads of people are refusing to take the vaccine already. Like I'm talking thousands, thousands of nurses. Doctors as well have said, no, they're not taking it. So why, what's nefarious? These are not, you know, conspiracy theorists or anything like that. Why are these so-called professionals in their field standing up before any vaccine is even um, rolled out um, that they're actually saying, no, we're not having any part of this vaccine because they know it's a scam and there's no reason why any human being would need, need this vaccine. But of course, if you're listening to Bill Gates, Bill Gates always believes that um, good health only comes in the form of a vaccine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we should make Bill Gates a pin cushion and he can have my one anyway. You know, exactly. and I'm sure there's a lot of other people we can, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, you have plenty of people queuing up for that pin cushion. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Listen, Chris, it's been great as always. I know we've got a few uh, tasty ones coming up. We've been discussing it, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave that for another day. We'll let you know what we're going to be talking about next week. But uh, thanks for uh, joining me again this week. No worries. It's a pleasure as always, right? And um, yeah, we look forward to next week doing another one as well. Perfect. So you'll find uh, my episodes on awakeningpodcast.org and you'll find Chris's on mindwars.uk. Until next week, take care. There's a time.